May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Good morning, church. Two stories about healing this morning with a hallelujah psalm in the middle. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart, with all those assembled in the congregation. Together, together we give thanks for all we are given each day by the loving God who created us in love, who walks with us through every moment of our lives and welcomes us into eternal embrace after we die. A God who loves us so much, he came among us to be with us, to show us what love looks like, to share with us the struggles of being human, the joys and the wonders and the pain and the suffering. A God who rose from the dead once and for all. So we might live in the power of this resurrected life. So we might gather here each week to be fed by his body and blood and filled with the spirit of love and truth. A people renewed, renewed each week by God, living with hope and a vision of God's kingdom. People who know that death is not the final word. People who look for signs of new life everywhere. For that, that is what God has promised us. New life. In the window reflection this week, I alluded to an article about religion in America from the Atlantic, a portion of which bears repeating. Because the author describes a few of the reasons That church matters to me, maybe to you too. The writer observes that while statistically church attendance overall is in decline, being a part of a church community is a theory of the world, a community, a social identity, and most importantly, a means of finding peace and purpose. This is certainly my experience, friends. If I'm really honest, I could not get up every morning and face all that is broken in our world. The divisions and the wars, the cruelty and the suffering all around. If I did not know the hope we have been given through the resurrection. The hope that we embody each week when we come up here to God's table. Where we proclaim a different reality, a different reality than what we see around us most of the time. When we come here, when we do this, we proclaim a vision of unity. A vision of peace, forgiveness, healing. And love. This community of faith, this church is where we are strengthened in our prayers and in our singing, in our blessings of bread and wine, 
where we are reminded that Jesus is with us, walking with us, feeding us, so that we can, so that we are able to embody this proclamation, this truth that God's kingdom is at hand. And we see it. We see it. So we live in the world with hope and without fear. But the truth of this is I can't cling to that proclamation and to that vision alone. No one can. No one can. That is why we all together are the church. A visible sign. A countercultural, radical sign in the world, proclaiming by our very presence here on Elm Street that God is love. We see that each week when we gather in the bread and in the wine, and we know it, we know it to be true because of one another. We welcome people each week here through these doors. Newcomers, visitors, strangers who pass through for a funeral or a baptism, or neighbors who stop in simply to pray. That happens throughout the week. We also go out. We visit the sick. We help those in need. And if our glasses are on correctly, we see the Christ in each person we encounter. All are welcome here. So we call ourselves friends. And we are friends. But we are friends not because we belong to the same club or go to the same school or follow each other on Instagram or Facebook. But because through Christ, we are one body. Joined together in baptism as God's beloved children. We are the church, faithful, humble, yet bold and fearless at the same time, because we remember who we are. In fact, we all have the same name. We all have the same name. Do you remember? Beloved Brian. Beloved Becky. Beloved Ted. Beloved Nancy, we all have the same name. We come, we offer the gifts we have been given by our creator God, and we offer them in the world and in this place. It's unfortunate in the first reading that the middle of the story is left out. So let me remind you what actually happened. We read that Naaman, the Syrian warrior who had leprosy, finds out that Elisha the prophet is around and could possibly heal him. So he goes with his horses and his chariots and his finery and his army and his money and his gold, and he goes to Elisha's house. And he's furious that Elisha doesn't come out and sort of do the woo-woo to make his leprosy go away. Why does he want that? He wants that because he's a powerful and wealthy man. And he thought that his healing should be a really big show. A really big show. 
But the message was different, was delivered in a different way, right? The message was a quiet one. Delivered not by the great prophet of Israel, but by a lowly servant. Go and wash in the Jordan River. Well, I don't know about you, but if you've ever seen the Jordan River, it's not a very impressive river by river standards. It's shallow and it's muddy. Go and wash in the Jordan and you will be healed. It was a simple command, not complicated or showy. No audience. But because he had traveled so far, And I think because of his deep hope, his longing for healing, Naaman, the powerful, rich, politically connected man, stripped off his clothes and immersed himself seven times in the muddy river of the Jordan. And he was healed. And he praised God, from whom all blessings flow. Today is Stewardship Sunday here at Trinity Church, and this is, in fact, a stewardship sermon. My invitation to each one of us is to be a person of hope, to seek out the healing that comes when we remember that we are never alone. Together we are the body of Christ, baptized in that muddy Jordan River a community of faith and hope and love. So sometime, probably the beginning of next week, you will get a pledge card in an envelope. Very simple. There will be no fanfare. There will be no audience. And hopefully there will be no delay in your response. Please Let us not waste our precious time together worrying about money, talking only about money, being anxious about money. Like Naaman, may we strip away all those wasteful, prideful things that get in the way of our sincere gratitude for life itself. May we offer a prayer of thanksgiving for all the blessings of this life, for all the blessings of this community. And return a pledge, return a pledge that honors our work, a pledge that honors our faith and our God. Amen.